Today's episode of Feeding My Faith on Honor and Temptation is brought to you by MyFaithClothes.com. Look, it'd be nice to wear some clothes to to show your faith, but a lot of it is just cheesy. Not at MyFaithClothes.com. They're cool, they're slick, and I wear them myself. They also have jewelry, hats, and everything else. Check it out, MyFaithClothes.com. I'm here to praise your name, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. I'm here to lift the name of Jesus high. All right, welcome to Feeding My Faith. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from theschoolofpodcasting.com. If you're new to the show, this is where I try to make God simple. I just talk to you like you're sitting across the table. We're going to talk about God. I'm going to read some scripture here. I'm going to share my observations and tell you how it applies to my life. And uh, if you want to tell me how any of this is applying to your life, what you got from it, feel free to reach out, Dave at FeedingMyFaith.com, or you can call in your comments, 888-563-3228. And the scripture today is Genesis 9, 10, and 11, and Luke 4. And I got to tell you, the I always say the Bible is the inspired Word of God. It's not always inspiring. And uh, Genesis 9, 10, 11 is, they're talking about Noah. This is after he's come out of the ark. And uh, God tells him, you know, take care of the animals. You have uh, rain over it. And, you know, this is cool. Next time you see a rainbow, that is a symbol of God's promise saying, look, you know what? I uh, completely washed out the earth. Never going to do that again. When you see a rainbow, that's just my way of saying, hey, you know, not going to do that. Now, I've said before that you are not, um, it doesn't matter who your family is. You are not defined by your mistakes. And we think about Noah as this very righteous guy, right? That's why God chose him. And, uh, you know, he gets off uh, the ark and uh, he planted a vineyard and basically uh, got uh, hammered. And um, he lay naked in his tent. Now, basically... His sons and, um, yeah, his sons and their brothers, well, first of all, his one son, Ham, said, check it out, dad's in there, you know, with his junk hanging out. And uh, his two brothers, though, instead of, you know, running and telling people, walked in backwards and covered him up. They didn't want to see their father naked. And I think anybody who's ever seen their father naked Typically is not something you choose to do. And when he woke up, he found, he woke up from his wine, found out what his youngest son had done to him. He said, you know, uh, cursed be you. The lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. And this just goes with the whole thing of, I mean, one of the Ten Commandments is honor thy father and mother. And that's actually the only commandment with a promise. So, you know, you your life will prosper from that. So that was one interesting thing. I was just like, all right, so Noah Noah got hammered. That was kind of interesting. Now, Genesis 10 goes through a whole lot of just the son of Ham was Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan, the sons of Cush, the sons of Rebekah. Now, the interesting thing, Cush was the father of Nimrod. And I think it's just funny that the word Nimrod is in the Bible. He uh, was a mighty hunter before the Lord, it says. So when somebody says, ah, you Nimrod, well, they're actually calling you a great hunter. But other than that, Genesis 11, or 10, excuse me, so-and-so begat so-and-so. And there were some interesting things in Genesis 11, and that is 
This is where you get into the Tower of Babel. And it's interesting because, you know, these are all these people have gotten off the ark and uh, they decided to build this huge tower. They weren't going to use stones. They were making bricks. They were figuring it out. And God comes down, sees what they're doing, and says, look, uh, you know, if everybody's speaking the same language, um, then really anything they plan to do will be impossible for them. And um, he says, you know what? We need to go down and confuse their language so they're not going to understand each other. Now, I'm not sure why God wants that, but uh, he did. And it says in verse 8, he scattered them from all over, uh, from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. So if you ever wonder, like, how did people get from wherever to, you know, wherever? Uh, God just picked them up and moved them. And that's why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Interesting story. If if somebody says that's how it happened, that's how it happened. And it goes into a whole lot of begat and begat and Abraham's family begat so-and-so. And yeah, I don't care. Like I said, for me, it's historical. If I need to look it up, I'm glad it's in the Bible. But uh, but this is the one that got me in Luke 4. It talks about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And here again, you know, it rained for 40 days. Here Jesus was tempted. It says where for 40 days he was tempted. He ate nothing for 40 days. And he was hungry. It says right there, at the end of those 40 days, he was hungry. I, You know what? I'm lucky if I can go 40 minutes without something to eat. And so here comes the devil who, of course, uh, you know, confused Eve, tricked her. If you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. But here's the thing I noticed when I was looking at this passage. Jesus answered, it is written. And in this case, he's talking about Luke uh, he's talking about Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, it is written, man will not live on bread alone. So he's drawing strength in this trying time. This guy's like, come on, dude, I know you're hungry. Just uh, nuke that, you know. And then, um, again, he goes up, leads him on a high place, says, look, I'll give you everything here if you just worship me. Everything on this land will be yours. Jesus, again, answers, it is written. Now, in this case, he's referring to Deuteronomy 6.13. So he's getting strength from the Bible. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he's following it. I can only imagine. He's like, because he's hungry. He's like, look, you can have all this stuff. And um, lastly, leads him on a high port of the temple. You know, throw yourself out of here. And um, Jesus answered, it is said... Again, quoting the Bible here. In this case, he's quoting Deuteronomy 6, 16. Do not put the Lord your God to test. And apparently at that time, the devil got bored and left uh, left him until an opportune time. That was the only thing. The devil knew. He's like, look, I can't get this guy. But he, he, he leaves him, but he's also watching and waiting for an opportune time. So as much as God never leaves us, so does the devil is always just hanging out, waiting for the best time. Cause here again, he thought he had Jesus against the rope. This dude's really hungry. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm drawing my strength from the Bible. 
Now, Jesus then goes on to uh, basically his hometown. He returns to Galilee. And, of course, the news spread about him through the whole countryside. Hey, Jesus is coming. He's uh, And everybody was like, cool. He's teaching in the synagogues. Everybody praised him. And um, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And he basically, uh, unrolling it, he found the place where it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he was he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and uh, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were like fastened upon him. They're like, yeah. And he said, uh, oh yeah, by the way, that scripture I just read, it's fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, yeah, that's me. I'm talking about me right now. And of course, they said, wait a minute, aren't you basically the carpenter's son? I don't think so. And Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. Now, Jesus had done miracles in other places. And they're like, look, come on, make with the cool tricks. Let's see you pull a rabbit out of a hat. You're, you seem to be, you have a pretty good show, Jesus. Come on. Yeah, I came in here to watch you, yeah, I don't know, turn some water into wine or something, or, or wine into water or something. Let's heal some sick. Come on, this teaching stuff's getting boring. And uh, so Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You're just going to, and he says, today, truly, I tell you, listen to that. How many times Jesus says, I tell you the truth, or truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when basically there was this huge famine, yet Elijah was not sent to any of these people dying, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there was there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. So there are times when it's like, you know, it's not always about, hey, the hometown guy is there. That's not always the case. And they, when they heard this, basically him saying, look, I'm sorry. I'm just going to teach. I'm going to do what I came here to do. They got furious and they headed out and they they drove him out of town. So this is your hometown crowd. Yay! For me to be like, hello, Cleveland, and them going, yeah, get out of here. And uh, they were going to basically throw him off a cliff. But he he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So they were not happy that he was not going to put on this show. And For me, the part that stood out about that is I was at one point uh, in line. I grew up in a small Baptist church in Akron, Ohio, and I was set to become the pastor there. I I led one sermon, and the pastor said, man, you got to do more of these. I just feel God calling you. I felt called. And to make a long story short, they could not, they saw me as little Davy. They couldn't get over the fact that I was just this little guy. And I was also at a completely different style of preaching than the, the other pastor. And there are many other factors in that that we won't get into today. But uh, I understand that, that sometimes being the hometown boy is not uh, that great. But it talks about how he went to then Capernaum. And... um it's interesting because there was a, a a man that was possessed by a demon and they knew who he was. 
you know, what do you want with us? And uh, it was cool because he just said, be quiet. And then sternly, here we go again. We always picture Jesus as this sheep carrying mild manner NPR. I am Jesus of Nazareth and I'm here to be your savior. Now, I don't think that's how it went down. And he said, come out of him sternly. And they threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. And, uh, you know, these people were amazed. They're like, wow, that was a pretty cool trick. Because in many cases, these people had been possessed for a while. And um, then he went to another town. He went to the home of uh, Simon. His mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And uh, he basically bent over, just rebuked the the fever. And uh, he, she got up and started helping them. It's like, well, that was kind of cool. And um, that night, people brought Jesus all sorts of things, all sorts of sicknesses. And uh, he laid hands on each one. He healed them. Demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. So here again, Jesus has this timeline. He's like, you'll, you'll notice there are times when he goes through and he heals people. And he says, whatever you do, don't tell anybody what happened here. Because he, he had to get the word out first. He had a plan. And so Jesus went out to a solitary place. And this is one of the things that always gets me that I don't think a lot of people realize. I don't think being the Messiah was a, a cakewalk. When you have thousands of people running around, you hear people that win the lottery. And they hear about this tremendous burden because everybody... Uh, There's a great video on Netflix where Bernie Kosar, who's a famous NFL player, was very rich, made a lot of money in the stock market, and actually ended up filing bankruptcy. And he said one of the best things he ever did was file bankruptcy, he said, because the phone stopped ringing. I think he said he was paying for 70 different cell phones because everybody was like, come on, Bernie, it's only 80 bucks a month. You got it. So it was amazing. But these people were like, look, just hang here. And they really wanted him to uh, not leave. And he said, no, I I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So I'm going to put a link out in the show notes of uh, Feeding My Faith. This will be in... Uh, feedingmyfaith.com forward slash zero two seven. And uh, I did an episode of a podcast I do called building a better Dave. It's just where I talk about anything about uh, a time. And this makes me sound completely crazy. Uh, where basically I had uh, been very stupid. I ended up in jail and um, I truly not an audible voice, not like I could hear it, but there was a conversation had between myself and one Satan. And I am here to tell you he is one incredibly nasty dude that can inflict mental pain on you. So when I hear about Jesus getting tempted here, I'm like, I know what that's like. I feel at least in my case, I could be completely wrong, but that's me. So I'll put a a link to that uh, in the show notes. If you want to go over and listen to that episode, it was a long time ago, but, uh, It's something I will never, ever forget. So what did I learn here? Well, number one, honor your father and mother. And, 
you know, there's a lot of genealogy in the Bible. And I think that is to a certain extent to show that, you know, a lot of these people are not perfect. Moses was not perfect. I mean, Moses was a murderer. And the Tower of Babel, I don't know. I don't get that one, to be honest with you. I guess that's just there to explain, well, how did people get over all the world then with this whole ark thing? The ark thing, okay, let's give you the ark. How did people get off that one place then around the world? Well, Jesus or uh, God put them there. And the thing that to me that jumped out of the whole thing about Jesus being tempted is he kept going back to the Bible. When he was tested, he drew strength from the Bible and from the scriptures. And that's why I'm doing this every day. I want to get a lesson. I want to get the Bible in my mind. I want to renew my spirit so that when the devil comes, because it says he left and was looking for an opportune moment. So on those days when whatever happens and the devil's like, man, you should divorce your spouse, man, you need to, right off your family. You know what? You should hold a grudge. You should tell, I'll tell you how you need to fight back with these people. Whenever you hear that in voice and it is an answer that is not in sync with the Bible. That's probably not coming from God. And that's where you got to go. Hold on before I make a choice. Let me go back. Let me talk to God. Let me look at the scriptures. Let me get some some insights. Let me call upon the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, literally, as cool as I am, we just heard about all these great miracles he did. He said, look, I'm just a warm-up act. There's one that's coming after me, meaning the Holy Spirit, that you can call upon for counsel. And that's what we're doing here. I'm trying to grow my faith, saying, all right, counselor, what am I supposed to get out of this? So, honor your father. Turn to the Bible. Turn to God when you're being tested. And you can draw strength from God. And there may be times when maybe you're in a family that they don't get this whole Bible thing. I was telling somebody that I'm kind of related to about uh my wife and I we had we've had very public there's no news here we we've we've very openly talked about how our marriage has been very rocky at times and he was like just divorce her and I'm like no the bible says the two will become one and we we take our vows serious even though there're plenty of times when we just wanted to throw in the towel but we're we are focusing on god because even though those times when I don't want to hold on to her and she doesn't want to hold on to me, if we hold on to God, God will keep us together. And I said that to a family member, and he looked at me like, you are insane. So there are going to be times when you are not accepted in your hometown. And that's okay. What did Jesus do? He went on to other places that were willing to accept and see and receive the blessings. So, let's talk to God for a second. God, thank you for, uh, number one, giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts and pe- with people. 
make my words your words so that people can better understand and, and have a relationship with you. Help us to remember to always honor our fathers and our mothers and to turn to you when things are tough because it's never, ever easy. And Lord, we just uh, realize that there are going to be tough times. It's not a cakewalk following you. We're going to get tempted. And we need to call on you. And we need to realize that not everybody's interested in you. All we can do, Lord, is plant a seed. That's it. Plant the seed and let the Holy Spirit come and try to touch their heart. And not everybody's going to be open to that. And that's okay. We're here to be called to do, just like you said, you know, I'm, I'm here to proclaim the good news. That's why we were sent. And we're going to go to those towns that are willing to hear and to see. And we're just so honored, Lord, to have you along for the ride, to be there, to guide us, to help us, and to use, Lord, use us to glorify you. Thank you, God. You rock. And again, just want to say thank you for listening. As always, you can go out to feedingmyfaith.com slash contact if you'd like to uh, chime in on the conversation. Would love to hear from you. And uh, if you'd like to uh, support the show, you're going to be shopping out at amazon.com. Go to feedingmyfaith.com slash amazon. Deeply appreciated. Doesn't cost you a thing. And we get a small percentage of your uh, purchase. And uh, last, if you're looking to wear some really cool clothes, myfaithclothes.com. Check it out. I'm not just cool Christian clothes. Not like just it's like cool, and in some cases it's kind of they're like play on words of really popular stuff, as well as great jewelry, hats, you name it. Check it out, myfaithclothes.com, and um, just like Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Get out there and testify to the truth. Thanks for listening. God bless. 